How are y'all doing? Uh, so we are going to be speaking into kind of picking up where we left last week. Uh, today, I, I'm not always big on sermon titles, but it, sometimes I feel it helps. So I kind of titled this one, Breakthrough to Purpose. So if you have your Bibles, you can go to Joshua chapter 1. We're going to be looking through that uh, particular chapter of the Bible this morning uh, on, on uh, elements, lessons for breaking through into purpose. So you may remember last month, by way of reminder, we looked at leadership and the idea that every follower of Jesus has a call. And uh, we even looked at 1 Timothy 3, the qualifications of elders, because by extension, those qualifications really are something that helps all of us grow into our calling. And I want you to uh, just recognize right now, as we're getting started, just say within yourself, you don't have to say it out loud. I'm not one of those preachers that makes you turn to your neighbor and tell, tell them something. Uh, I hate it every time I'm asked to do that. I'm just being real. But just say to yourself, I have a calling. <laughs> those who have been around the block for a long time, they, they don't even know how to not do it. They did, you, you're supposed to turn to your neighbor. No. Uh, yeah, no. Don't turn, uh, you, you don't have to turn to your neighbor. You don't have to say it out loud. But you have a calling and, and recognize that. But here's the thing. Your calling happens one way and one way only. And it is in the context of following Jesus. That's not theory. This is something that I know from experience. That the call, we're all looking for our identity, our calling, our purpose. And the reality is, believer of Jesus. It's found in following Jesus. So oftentimes Christians are looking for it outside of that. And as you're following Jesus, you are going to, hear me out now, come up against strongholds in the course of following Jesus. Strongholds that are bigger and stronger than you. They are fortified. You do not have the ability to overcome them. And you come to a crossroads where if I'm going to really follow what Jesus is leading me into, I'm going to have to face a giant that I by myself cannot overcome. Or I'm going to have to just kind of ignore it and try to serve Jesus some other way. Just continue going to church, continue doing your thing, but just kind of ignore this thing. I guarantee you. And so you're, you're, that's what we're dealing with this morning, is equipping the church. And again, this is not from theory. I humbly submit, praise the Lord, by the grace of God, I've got testimonies in my life to talk about how this stuff actually works uh, but I hope we have a group of people this morning who are willing to follow Jesus wherever he's leading because I guarantee you there's breakthrough through these strongholds into the purpose that God has for you, if we will do that. Uh, taking ground, breaking through, includes overcoming strongholds within us. In other words, sins and things like that, the sanctification of our lives. But then in terms of purpose, it's also breaking through things so that God can work through us so that others can benefit. And um, so here's some keys that we're going to look at today. You ready? Break, breakthrough to purpose, breaking through into purpose, five things. One is, I already said it, you follow Jesus. To break through to purpose, you follow Jesus. 
Jesus is the one that has the ability to break through. Secondly, you rely on his power. Thirdly, you must be decisively determined. I can see people writing, so I'm just going to go a little bit slower. Number four, fourthly, you expect what he says. Breaking through comes with expectation. And then lastly, you do it for and with his church. Newsflash, your purpose is not your purpose. Your purpose is his purpose. And his purpose is on this rock I will build my church. You do not live unto yourself in a silo. You live in the context of something bigger than yourself. And if we're going to follow Jesus truly, we're going to be a part of what he's building. So let me just pray. I know we already prayed for me, but I'm going to pray for you now <laughs> and all of us. Lord, we, we do uh, just humbly come before you right now and recognize there are strongholds. There are things that we are going to overcome and have to overcome in route to the purpose that you've called us to. Lord, we are asking by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would equip us this morning to uh, break through. Lord, we pray uh, that you, if we perhaps are not seeing clearly what those things are, that you would unveil them. And uh, Lord, I pray that anywhere, uh, more than anything else, Jesus, anywhere where we are not decisively following you, really following you, Lord, that you would grip our hearts this morning and that we would leave this place with hearts that are set like flint to follow you wherever you go. In Jesus' name, amen. So to break through the purpose, you follow Jesus. If you look with me to Joshua chapter 1, verse 1, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua. I want you to take note of that. We've got the death of Moses, and then we've got the Lord speaking to Joshua. The son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. Take note of that. Moses. Who is Moses? Moses represents the, the one who led the Israelites out of Egypt and through a wilderness. That's one season of the plan of God. It wasn't the full thing, but it was, it was a part of the season. And during this season, God gives Moses the law. You may remember, Moses goes up to Mount Sinai. He's given the law. Moses is one season. Moses is dead. Now, therefore, take note of that. Now, Therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. You see, there are moments where one season comes to a conclusion, and God says, now is the time to address the stronghold. Now, here's the thing. These children of Israel have been wandering in the wilderness, many of you would know, for 40 years. Uh, the first generation came up to the uh, Jordan and could have crossed over after only two and a half years, but because of their doubt and unbelief and their hardness of heart, God had them wander for 40 years because they wouldn't cross over. And this second generation came to the Jordan in this uh, verse that we're reading now, and God says, okay, that season of wandering is over. Now, God hadn't ordained the season of wandering, you understand. It's because of their hardness of heart. But but that season that he ordained in response to their hardness of heart, that season was over, and God says now. 
And there are times where God says, now. Now is the time to face the giant. Now is the time to seize what I've purposed for you. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. I want to just point another thing out before we go to the next verse is Joshua. Even the name Joshua is the closest name that we have in the Old Testament to the name of Jesus, Yeshua. And it means salvation. And Joshua clearly is a type of Christ. So is Moses, in fact. But Joshua is a type of Christ, the, the Savior figure, the, the, the man of God, if you will, uh, if you can hear what I'm saying by that, uh, who is going to lead the people into their divine inheritance, who's going to overcome and conquer uh, the enemies. Joshua is a type of Jesus, is what I'm saying. And, and on that note, I am simply saying to cross over into your promised land, and to face giants, it is done in the context of following Jesus. When I became a Christian at the age of 17, I got born again. We talked about this last week. Born again. I did not know what it meant to be born again. I heard that term when I was growing up in a Catholic church, and if you say you're born again, that means run from that person. They're probably going to be weird, give you a track, and say a bunch of weird stuff. You know what I'm saying? That's my, that was my concept of being born again. And then I got born again. <laughs> and I didn't know any other Christians. And God started doing stuff in me in the absence even of Christian fellowship or church. God started working in me to cause me to address some strongholds. We talked about that last, last week. And church, ultimately, when I did find a church... Uh, that became a huge part of breaking through. But what I'm saying is those strongholds didn't start getting addressed in my life until I started following Jesus. I talked last week about a fear of public speaking that I had. A gripping fear of public speaking. The enemy to my call. I would have never even known of that fear of public speaking or been bothered by it until following Jesus led me to knowing I'm supposed to give my life to public speaking. So it's following Jesus that leads you to the encounter with the stronghold. Can I say also it leads you to an encounter with Jesus if you will grab a hold of him in that encounter. Verse 3, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. As I said to Moses, I just want to make a simple point there. And that, that is accurate in the original Hebrew. This is past tense. I have given you, as I said to Moses. It is important that we know as we're facing a stronghold, as we're facing something that is gripping, that is overpowering us, that's keeping us from entering into God's purpose for us, it is important for us to know that God has already given it to us. The land that that stronghold occupies, we already have it. In other words, we are not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. Jesus has already accomplished in the death, uh, sacrificial death and through his resurrection, he's already finished the work. We're fighting from a place of what he's already done. When I was... Uh, Last week, I talked about substance, my substance abuse and, 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 and intoxication and all that stuff that I came out of after beginning to follow Jesus and the fear of public speaking. Hope you don't mind because I bring it up a lot. It's just my story. I can't help it. But there was a sexual immorality in my life. There was a bondage, a stronghold 
that had, from years of this society and the perversions thereof impacting my thought processes, when I became a Christian, I did not know how to break free from that at all. I was gripped and bound by it. It was a stronghold. I just want to say to you this morning, when I began to realize, even though I feel bound by this, I feel totally bound by this, like in a prison, a cage, I already had victory inside of me. And as I began to grab a hold of that and trust in that, that's when I began to see breakthrough in that area. Not fighting for victory. I'm not trying to make myself better. I'm trying to allow the Lord and trust in the Lord to have his way in me through the spirit that already dwells inside of me. So that's how we do it. Verse 4, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. These are the words that God speaks over us as we determined to enter in now to what God has said. Second thing is to break through to purpose, you rely on his power. Now listen to this next verse. Be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. That, that phrase is said to, to Joshua three times by Moses in the book of Deuteronomy. It's said three times here in Joshua chapter 1 from God directly to Joshua. It's even said a seventh time at the end of this chapter by the people of Israel to Joshua. And in chapter 10 of Joshua, Joshua himself rises up and says to the people of Israel, be strong and of good courage. Six times in this one chapter, as they're about to cross over into the promised land. Uh, three, four times in this chapter. It is important as you're crossing over and stepping into addressing a stronghold that you're strong and of good courage. Now already, some of you are probably thinking, oh man, I don't know how to be strong. Like, like how do I get strong? And, and I want to be courageous. <laughs> Lion. Like, how do I do that? Be strong and of good courage. Well, I think we need to look into the original Hebrew to understand really what God is saying to Joshua in this moment. Be strong. The original Hebrew is actually a relative term. In other words, relative between two parties. It would mean, in other words, to be stronger, to prevail. Uh, what are some others? To be stronger, to prevail, to overcome. In other words, be strong. God is saying to Joshua, overcome, be stronger. You're about to face those giants, those giants that scared the mess out of the spies for, uh, 38 years ago that, that caused the Israelites to not be willing to go in because they're, they're fortified and they're larger than us. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. God says to Joshua, go into that place, and when you do, be stronger, overcome, prevail over them. How, what do you think Joshua is thinking in this moment? Like, how do I do that? I'm not stronger than the giants. They are stronger. How do, I, how do you obey what God is saying? God's not, God, isn't, God isn't asking you to obey. God is speaking that in the same way that he would have said in Genesis chapter 1, be fruitful and multiply and have dominion and subdue the earth. He's saying to Joshua, be stronger. The one who is stronger is 
invoking and speaking over if you will walk in and face that giant. You will be. Why? Because I said it. Be stronger, prevail, overcome, be the stronger one. And so what I'm telling you from experience again, as you're facing the stronghold, you go not in your own confidence. You don't assess yourself and your resources and look at the enemy and say, okay, I guess I'm stronger. You assess the words of the one who is telling you to fight that giant. You assess his power. This is why, my friends, in terms of spiritual warfare, if you look in the New Testament, some of you would know, what chapter are you going to find the most about spiritual warfare? Ephesians chapter 6, where Paul talks about the armor of God and the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit and the shield of faith. Most of you know what I'm talking about. That chapter or that section of that chapter about spiritual warfare, how does it start? It starts with Paul saying in verse 10, Therefore, finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's how we conquer the enemy. <laughs> if you're trying to assess your abil- my ability to break free from addictions of all sorts of stuff, that was not within my power. But the one who led me to face that giant, it was within his power. And I stand before you this morning saying, I am free. And if I can be free, and some of you all know me, if I can be free, you can be free. Because <laughs> there ain't nothing special about me and, and other than I believe Jesus. There's your key. So to break through to purpose, you rely on his power. You're not, you're not trying to get victory. You have victory inside of you already. Jesus, the victorious one, if you have bent your knee and declared him to be your Lord, your master, the one you follow, you receive his spirit and that spirit is already victorious over the enemy he calls you to face. It is his privilege to send sons and daughters into the land to occupy that land that is now dominated by his enemies. The God of peace shall soon crush Satan under your feet. Not under his feet, your feet. How does his enemies come under his feet? By putting them under your feet. This land, for me, it was... No, I'm not even going to go into that. Let's keep moving. To break through to purpose, thirdly, you must be decisively determined. Be strong and of good courage. Now, again, that word, courage, good courage, you can think, oh man, I don't feel very courageous. In fact, I feel totally overcome by my, by my stronghold. I don't know how to be courageous at all. Well, let's dig into that particular Hebrew word as well, good courage. This is what that would mean, really, to harden, to firm, to be obstinate, to be assured, to be determined. What God is speaking over Joshua is to be strong, in other words, prevail, overcome, And also, be determined, be decisive, be obstinate. I can remember clearly, as I began to deal with that sexual stuff, I hope you're comfortable with me just being real. (laughs) I know it's very uncomfortable for some people, but when you're free, you don't feel very uncomfortable about it. I feel quite happy to have been liberated from it. So, when I was first facing that, I can remember 
becoming convinced that it, to be free of that was the will of Jesus. I, boy, was that ever a difficult one to swallow because I had no hope in the natural of being free. It's all I knew. I never knew any concept of sex but from pornographic stuff and MTV and I probably shouldn't have used that example, but we'll move forward. Uh, that, that, that's, the, that's what I was inundated from the age of nine. Over and over and over and over. It logged, logged into my brain. I had no hope of being free, but as I began to follow the Lord, and I realized that does not please him, therefore, if I'm really going to follow him, I can't live in this. I don't know how I won't, but I can't. Not, I can't live in it. When I took that approach... Against all hope, not knowing how I can be free, but I can't. I must follow Jesus. I must find his freedom. That's good courage. That's what God is talking about. You cannot go against your enemies saying, mm, I hope, let's go try, let's see. If it's the will of Jesus, there are no other options. And I hope we can hear that. That's what it means to be a Christian, by the way. You confess there are no options but to follow him wherever he leads me. He's not Lord Jesus because that's a cute name. He's Lord because that's his function. <laughs> so as we follow him, the, one, the only one that we can follow, we deter whatever he leads us into, we are already determined, predetermined to follow him into that place, even if we have no idea how we can do that. That's good courage. If God can get his people to have that mindset, I'm going to follow Jesus, even if it means facing crazy stuff. God can lead us into the victory. You only have victory when you're determined in that way. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. I just want to quickly point out where that's concerned. Um, that the law is indicative of the revealed will of God. In other words, when you're crossing over into your promised land, your freedom, let me use me as an example again. I break free from the fear of public speaking. While I can, I am free from, the, from that fear. You know, I mean, not that I can't get nervous anymore, but I'm, I'm free. I could do all sorts of different types of public speaking. But the purpose is that God wants me to preach the gospel. It's not for me to just do whatever I want with this gift. Do you feel what I'm saying? In the same way, your breakthrough is not for you just to be free so you can be free. It's free to do the will of Jesus. Facing the stronghold trains you to be yielded even if it seems like you're dying to his will no matter what and when you get the breakthrough on the other side all you want to do is his will now you can get tempted and pulled off the the direction that can happen but this is how God trains us and develops us and so let's go on to break uh verse eight this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, 
for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. The word of God is what has power. It's the only offensive weapon we have in our armory. It's the sword, the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage, third time. And do not be afraid. Now God's speaking in the negative. He says two things. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed to counter, to give the opposites of strong and of good courage. That word do not be afraid, the, it would mean do not be oppressed, do not be prevailed upon. So God's speaking. Do not allow yourself to, to be oppressed or prevailed upon. And, and he says, nor be dismayed. The, 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 the kind of elaboration of that word would mean to be broken down or discouraged. I want to say, as you go into your promised land, as you face your giants, it's a battle. It's a war. And there are times in that battle where it's going to feel like the other side's winning. And there are going to be moments where you just want to get discouraged. And God is saying, as you go in there, do not be dismayed. Do not be prevailed upon. Do not give up. And do not, in your heart, leave that obstinate, that, 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 that place in your heart where you are assured and determined, I am going to have victory. You're, you're, it's going to feel like you're losing. I'm telling you. You're going you're gonna to fall back into the old pattern. And you're going to do it again. You're going to have to repent again. But do not give up. God has said, be victorious. Be the one who is stronger. You will. I have given you this land. But you have to face and engage the enemy. Do not give up in that place. Here's the deal. At the end, the whole war, it, it boils down to this. The people of God holding on like a bulldog to faith trusting in the one who has called you to this battle trusting in him sometimes against all hope no matter what continuing to believe what he said even if it's not what you're seeing with your eyes that's why john says in first john 5 4 this is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith faith overcomes my friends and you are not called by God to live in oppression under the enemy. You are called to be a testimony of his power to all of those around you that he is good and he is able. To break through to purpose, you must expect his ways. Verse 10, then Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, pass through the camp and command the people. This is Joshua speaking to to his kind of key leaders, saying, prepare provisions for yourselves, for within three days you will cross over this Jordan. I love those words. You will cross over this Jordan. We're not thinking about it. We're not praying about it. We're not analyzing the situation. We're not going to test it and see if it works. My friends, God has spoken. We're going. You will and so you, to break through to purpose, you've got to expect his ways. I believe, now this may seem a little odd to some of you, but last week we said that one of the keys to, to breaking through strongholds is repentance. 
You remember that? I think we get a wrong idea of what repentance really looks like. What you just read, that's what repentance looks like. God speaks, you turn and face it and say, I am. That's it. You know what the word metaneu, the Greek word that we, we say in English repent means? To change your mind. They had been in the wilderness, wandering, living on manna. That was what they knew. And God says, now go cross over. They hear him and they change their mind to say, we're not going to live here anymore. Now we're going there. That's what repentance looks like. But the cool thing is that repentance can be coupled by celebratory expectation. I would say it should be at some point. Why? Because if I say you, we are, I am crossing over, I am, I'm determined, I'm doing this. If I do it, I'm doing it in the confidence of divine power, of the maker, the one who spoke all things into being. And even though, yes, sure, there's a bit of a fear and a trembling, there's also a confident expectation that I'm doing this because God has said. And I can be expectant that if God said, and he's above all things, then God's going to be the one to come through on this. And so what does Joshua say after this? Prepare provisions for yourselves for within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess that's maybe maybe that wasn't a celebration maybe there weren't tambourines breaking out in this moment but I kind of feel like breaking out with some tambourines right there Joshua is not like like guys you know I don't know I mean God said I know there are giants in there but I he said we got to go I, I guess we got to go in in three days and like try try to see if maybe we'll possess it I don't know he's saying you will to possess because the Lord your God is giving it to you. There's a confident expectation. And finally, uh, to break through to purpose, you must do it for and with his people, his church. This is about God building, Jesus building his church. And man, in the Western world, be straight up with us this morning, a lot of people are in church for themselves. You know, go to church and get a, be blessed and, and get a word for me to encourage me and go back and do my own thing. Bro, we, we are being built together. We're being joined and fitted together into the temple of the Lord. And as long as my mindset is this me and Jesus thing, and like I go to church, like Rodney said at the beginning, I just go to church on Sunday to kind of like have this event and get lifted up and I go back and do my thing. We will never be built together. You wonder why we do community group. It's not because it's like the normal church thing to do. We have community group on Wednesday night so that we can get to know each other. So we can actually break bread and, and do life together. And, and walk this journey together and partner together for the furtherance of the kingdom of God into the earth. So to break through the purpose, you must do it for and with this church. Let's read this. And to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh, Joshua spoke. Before we go on, let me explain the context there. Those three, the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half the tribe of Manasseh, guess what? Where they were staying right in that moment Joshua spoke that, they were already in the land that those three tribes were to be given. You following? The rest of the tribes, their land was on the other side of the Jordan. 
one could say that the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh could be like, well, we're here. We've got our land. Y'all have fun. Be blessed. We'll be praying for you. You go take that land, right? But what did, what did Joshua say? Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, the Lord your God is giving you rest and is giving you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan, but you, the men, shall pass before your brothers, armed all your mighty men of valor, and help them. Are you tracking? God is saying to the warriors of even those three tribes, even though you already have your land, leave your kids and leave your wives here. You fight and you keep on fighting with the other tribes until every single last tribe has fought and come into the possession of their territory. In fact, let's just read that. Until the Lord has given your brothers rest as he gave you, and they also have taken possession of the land which the Lord your God is giving them, then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses, the Lord's servant, gave you on this side of the Jordan toward the sunrise. What's the point here? As they were entering into the promised land, as they were facing their giants and their strongholds, the context clearly was that no one tribe was only thinking of themselves and the possession of their own territory. God says, I've called you as, yes, 12 different tribes. How many of you know it's okay that you have different local churches in the city of Detroit, by the way? It's not evil. Yes, we are one church, but God calls there to be different local churches. And, and what, what God is saying here is that you don't just exist unto yourself, you are fitting into a bigger picture and you need to fight with your brothers and sisters so that they possess what they should have. Even at the local church level, sometimes the temptation is that we live unto ourselves, we want our breakthrough, but we're not even thinking of how our breakthrough fits into the context of moving the local church forward. And the local church needs to be thinking about something bigger than themselves. That's why we partner with something called NCMI, a, a partnership of churches around the globe. So we're not just islands into ourselves. We're part of something bigger than ourselves. And God's called us to do that. Your breakthrough, my friends, is in a context. My breakthrough from, from the stuff that I've mentioned this morning that held me in bondage, that was, f- yes, for my benefit. And boy, does it ever benefit me. But it's for my benefit so that I can be a benefit to others. So I can be free in what God has called me to be in my generation. The same is the case with everyone in this room. Verse 16, we're almost done. And we'll end it here. So they answered Joshua saying, all, this is how the people respond. Pay attention to this. All that you command us, we will do. Who does Joshua represent? Way to go, Minda. (laughs) So I want you to picture this. As you're facing the strongholds, Jesus is leading you to that place, and the response to Jesus is this. All that you command us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, so we will heed you. Only the Lord, your God, be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against you, your command, uh, uh, rebels against your command and does not heed your words, and all that you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. My friends, as you're going into the promised land, 
That is the response. That is where it begins. That's the only way this thing works. Is if our response is saying absolutely yes to Jesus. He is not an option. He's not one that we're trying. We're not going to see if it works. If Jesus is leading us, it, I, I will either see the breakthrough he's intended for me or I'm literally going to die trying. But I will not ignore it. Because I am no longer my own. I've, I've been bought with a price. I belong to Jesus. That's how he becomes my savior. When he is my Lord. And if the church can get to that one place, the lordship of Jesus, the very thing that gets you into the kingdom is the confession that there's a king to that kingdom. His name is Jesus and he is now my king. That's how I come into the kingdom. If we can live in that confession, then we can see the will of Jesus done on earth as it is in heaven. Can we respond just right now?